Welcome to the Flavor Fest Urban Leadership Podcast, where we talk to innovative artists, creative pastors, church planners, entrepreneurs, and people creating movements. Our goal is to inspire and equip you in ministry, music, and the marketplace. I'm your host, Tommy Urban D. Coloni. What's good, everybody? Welcome back. This is the second episode of the Flavor Fest Urban Leadership Podcast coming at you from Crossover Church down in Tampa, Florida, which is the home of the Flavor Fest Urban Leadership Conference. And this October 2020, it's going to be our 20-year anniversary of doing the conference. I mean, I can't believe it's been that long. And it's been an amazing journey connecting with so many incredible leaders. People come from all over the world to see what Crossover Church is doing. And God's given us this crazy faith story. We relocated a few years back into a former Toys R Us store right in the heart of the city of Tampa. And we've been able to see thousands of people come to Jesus and have a really just unique style and flavor. And so we train leaders at the conference what we've been doing, what we've done, what we're currently learning. And we also have several general session speakers come and workshop presenters that are are doing incredible urban ministry in other cities and, and they're crushing it. So and one of those leaders that we had to come and speak was a brother from the ATL named Scott Free came to do a workshop in the outreach track and the girl that was hosting the track that introduced them um man there was a little sparkle in their eyes and they started talking and by the end of the conference true story they got married after the last general session i married them now i'm just kidding no but seriously uh they did meet in the workshop track she introduced them they started talking it was actually a couple years later it was it was good timing a couple years later i got to officiate their wedding and uh but it's cool they they met at (laughs) met at flavor fest so single people out there yo yo you never know you need to come this october for real for real so um anyways a few years after they got married um i called them and i was asking them when are you going to plant a church he has this incredible ministry in atlanta called city takers that we're going to talk about and he said, you know what? He said, Tammy and I, his wife, Tammy, we, we've been praying, we've been fasting, and we were going to talk to you about partnering with Crossover, with your church to plant a Crossover church in Atlanta. We, we don't want to just, you know, reinvent the wheel. You guys are, you know, crushing it. And we want to do it with you. And so over the years, there's been a lot of people that have asked me, you know, either when they came to our conference or when I was somewhere else speaking, like, hey, we want to plan a crossover in our city. And either A, we didn't know them well enough, or B, we knew them well enough (laughs) that, you know, maybe we just weren't on the same page or, uh, and then we just also weren't ready yet, you know, with our infrastructure. But when Scott shared that with me back in, and I think that was the very end of 2016, like it resonated with me and I was like, wow, like, like he has my heart. His wife is from our church. By the way, he stole it from our church. That's another story for another podcast. Anyways, but um, so it just seemed like it was a, a great fit that made total sense. And after a lot of planning and training and fundraising in September of 2019, we launched Crossover Church ATL and Scott and his wife, Tammy, have been doing an amazing job. And we're going to talk to him what it's been like being a young urban church plant in the middle of this pandemic. So let's talk to Scott Free. Scott Free, what's good, brother? How you guys doing up in the A, man? What, what, what's going on? You're in the middle of quarantine right now. Today is April 9th, and we're in the middle of this thing, man. So how are you guys doing up there? Yeah, man. Well, you know, as you can see, I'm in my home office. It's crazy because uh, I feel like we just got into our big city takers headquarters, planted the church, and then yeah. we get hit with this thing. And it's just been a lot of transition, but you know what? There's, there's been a lot of good coming out of it, and I'm excited to share, you know, the good. But at the same time, like, I think for me, it's made me really realize that, man, I really miss people. You know what I mean? I miss the yeah. church. I miss gathering people. And I feel like we take a lot for granted in this nation. I feel like this is a wake-up call for a lot of people, especially myself, man. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just truly missing the the simple little things like barbecues with my friends, yeah. you know? Especially it's a beautiful day outside in Atlanta right now. It's rained like crazy this winter, and uh, everybody's trapped inside the house. So, But we're good, man. We're healthy. That's Family's good. healthy. Zeke is growing quickly. 
Uh, how, how old is good. he now? Everybody's good, huh? How old is Zeke now? He is, he'll be two in July. So he's what? A little over a year and a half. Wow. Wow, yeah. well, we're good down here in Tampa. I'm actually in my office. We snuck down to the church. But no, we didn't yeah. sneak because according to the governor, <laughs> churches are an essential service. So I'm down yeah. here. It's just me and and my video guy. And it's funny because when he pulled up in the parking lot just a couple minutes before me and the police rolled up on him and been like, hey, really? you work for the church? He was like, yeah, I'm the pastor. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but he was like, yeah, yeah, I do. And so then I pulled up. It was all good. But, but yeah, man, it's, um, it's kind of a ghost town. I mean, there's still some cars out, but uh, a lot of businesses are closed and shut down. So it's good the police are, you know, kind of checking yeah, on that things. Is good. And, that's really good. But, yeah, it's um, been a few times I've gone out, you know, Atlanta, typically tons of traffic. It's been, it's been pretty nice. Yeah, I know. Tampa, too, oh, man, yeah. is the... This is the, it's like you're driving at midnight. That, that's what yeah. the roads look like. It's only like that in the middle of the night. But, uh, but man, so how have you guys been doing church? Because we've all had to make a major shift to become just digital churches. Yeah. And we're using a lot of this, a lot of Zoom. <laughs> but um, so what's that transition look like for you guys? And um, I know you're blessed to have some great people on yeah, your team. Yeah, so there's, it's kind of like a God, really a God story. So when we, you know, launched the church, September 29th, um, you know, we weren't streaming because mm -hmm. we didn't have the money to, to get all the camera system and everything in order. I think we started with a little Mevo and it just wasn't good. And I was like, no, let's not, <laughs> let's not put that out again. And uh, so we put a budget together and I think it was like, I don't remember, $10,000 for the, the, all the cameras and everything to, to get everything. Mm -hmm. And um, long story short, it just, you know, we just didn't have the, the finances to do it. And then God brought a couple people to the church who were into video videography. Uh, one is shout out to Mike Lewis, and another is Will Thomas, who me and him go way back. Uh, me and Mike go way back too. But uh, long story short, they all just started coming to the church, and they were wanting to serve. And what we said right before this whole thing went down, we we're like, you know, let's put a real budget together. So we did, and literally the Lord just made away with the finances. And uh, there was another church that uh, wanted to give toward the church plant and did. And it was mm -hmm. like exactly the amount of money we needed for the camera system. That's great. And the laptops and to do Vimeo and all the streaming stuff was literally provided for. And we started streaming probably about two to three weeks before this COVID thing hit. Man, wow. I mean, it was like, look at that, man. I mean, it was like God timing all the way. And so we now have a full, you know, video system to stream um we have a little specific computer for it i mean it's just been it's been crazy but at the same time it's been good so we are streaming on sundays at 12 30 right now and we are streaming on wednesdays at 8 p.m and then we're trying to do things in between i think we got some zoom stuff happening and mm -hmm. you know just random stuff uh, we showed the city takers documentary a couple fridays ago so we're doing similar stuff that you guys are doing down in Tampa. But yeah, everything's now streaming. Um, there are a few people who have been kind of calling and doing FaceTime videos and mm -hmm. keeping up with everybody. But it's been interesting. Like I said before, though, I, I feel like what it's done is it's made us all realize just how special our church is. I think we have such a really dope community and family type vibe especially being that we were walking with each other for a year before the church launch. Mm -hmm. And so we were in each other's houses, hanging with each other's kids, eating dinner together. And so now that that's kind of been stripped away, it's, it's made us realize as a church, like, man, we really have something special going on. Yeah. So, yeah. But everybody's good. Everybody's healthy. Nobody's gotten sick. Praise yeah. God. And uh, we have a few people whose parents have gotten sick and, and yeah. a couple people, uh, Pastor Phil's, uh, I'm sure he won't mind me sharing this. Pastor Phil's dad actually, we're still praying for him. He's still been, uh, he had he had the the COVID nineteen virus. Oh wow! We've been praying for him. him yeah, up. but he's but he's doing better. So we're expecting complete recovery. That's good. That's good. Yeah, man. Praise God. You guys are in that place. There's a lot of church plants. I mean, you guys are just at the time of this recording. You guys are a little over six months old. A lot of church plants don't have that equipment. They don't have the people that are part of their yeah. team. And so now this is hit and they're stuck. And the only thing that they can really do is maybe a Facebook live. They can't 
do anything that yeah you know, looks... i mean I've, I've even heard of churches out here not doing anything you know yeah. right now they're not even streaming nothing no facebook lives and and you know i think we're blessed in the context of god is really just made a way through the whole church planning process for us that we're uh we're pretty much a debt-free church um we are our expenses and overhead is very very minimal and low so where a lot of churches this might they might be taking a hard hard hit with this COVID-19 thing yeah. where we are not as much taking a as much as a hard hit financially yeah um, our finances that- have gone down but you know what at the same time it's like you know we don't we don't have that many this that big of an overhead that we're going to sink that, that was one thing I was going to ask you because that's a question for a lot of church leaders. And as I'm talking to a lot of pastors, like, man, how are you guys doing financially? Are you okay? Um, are you making it? And yeah, that's- right Right now, honestly, like right now, everybody who has been giving is continuing to give for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, you know, we're probably, what, five, six weeks in now? In, in the context of COVID, we haven't met. I think this is our fourth week haven't meeting in person. Yeah. So, and every everybody's still been giving. Um you know, I can see it creaking down a little bit and it might go down a little more. But at the same time, like I'm I'm focused on the end. I'm focused on getting back together with everybody and going yeah. back to, you know, community and, and building. And we got some we got some cool things coming up that we're planning. So that's good. Man. To keep everybody focused on the positives. Yeah. And churches like ours are uh, because we're skew younger and we're more technologically yeah. savvy. Um, yeah. we're, we're handling this a lot better because we already are able to stream and, you know, people connect online, engage with our social media platforms. And then in addition, you know, a lot of our people for crossover Tampa, you know, over 80% of our giving comes in digitally. So it's not like a new thing for people to have to learn. And, and there's a lot of churches out there. They have a very small percentage that's digital yeah. giving. And then there's some churches out there that don't have any opportunities for people to give online. They've just never made that shift. And here's a crazy statistic that I just heard a few days ago. And this was a combination of uh, research that was from Barna, from Ed Stetzer and from Exponential, which are three large, you know, research organizations on the church. And what they found out that since this pandemic has hit, there's been about 18,000 churches that have closed permanently. So six percent of churches in America, they're they're gone. They're not they're not going to open back up. And so the reality is, you know, we're, we're we don't know how much longer this is going to be. We're still kind of in the middle of this, you know. But every weekend that we're not having church, there's going to be more and more churches that yeah. are just not able to be financially sustainable. And so you know, it's something for the body of Christ to really you know pray for those people, pray for those pastors, those people that are part of those churches, and. You know, I'm assuming probably a lot of those churches are smaller and probably skew older um, that weren't able to make the, you know, this yeah. adjustment to become digital. But there's going to be a lot of people that are just, you know, going to feel kind of lost during this time. So, yeah, you know, something for us to. 100%. And I, I've tried to focus our people of what the, the church really is. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, it goes beyond just the building. Just because the building, we can't meet in the building, doesn't mean the church is closed. Absolutely. So yeah, we're going back closed. to the roots, man, like Book of yeah. Acts type stuff. Yeah. And so what we've learned is, you know, when you are depending on a building and a gathering, which, you know, that's biblically, that's, that's yeah. part of it. But when that's what, you know, you can just get in this mode of like you're always preparing for Sunday or even for Wednesday. You know, if you, we have a Bible study Wednesday night. But now we've been looking at it like, man, we're we're producing content every day. We're doing a yeah. devotional every day at noon, every evening. We're, we're, you know, putting something up. Some of that's pre-recorded. Some of it's fresh content. We're doing a variety of different stuff just to keep people busy and give them options. Because some yeah. people are, you know, they're really kind of stuck and looking for something and, you know, a lot of people still are working and they got their kids at home. So yeah. they're busy, but then there's a group of people too, like they're single or they lost their job. They got nothing to do right now. So they're just fiending for something. So we've yep. been trying to be creative and Mondays we do music Mondays. We show some flavor fest footage. Uh, Tuesdays yep. we do game night with our worship director and his wife and they give out some gift cards. And Wednesday night we do Bible study Thursday night. Uh, me and my wife actually tonight when we're, we're recording this is on a Thursday. We're going to start this thing called Table Talk um, just from our living room and just talk about practical stuff. Like how do you parent during the pandemic? How do you work on your budget? How do you get in a rhythm when you're working at home and the kids are at home? 
How do you, you know, get into a spiritual rhythm and what are you reading? And so we're just going to talk about practical stuff like that, real talk and share how we're real people. We're struggling yeah. at times with, with that too. And, uh, and then do some Q and a, and then Friday nights, we, we do a flashback Friday show an old message. And then we have an after party at eight o'clock with one of our DJs, DJ JL. And he goes live for about an hour and spins some music. I know you guys have a dope DJ too, man. DJ Radical, shout out to him. Yeah, man. He's just sick yeah. with it. Flavor Fest this year, DJ Radical is going to be here. Yeah, we're trying to include him on Sunday. I mean, we, we yeah. he's part of Sunday service, but we're trying to get him, like, now that we can't gather, you know, everybody's kind of in their own homes. Yeah. Trying to get him a little set up where we could record and stream him live on Sunday. So that'd be cool. We gotta be creative. Hey, here, here's, here's a glimpse, man. You don't know about this. This is, everybody's going to hear about this for the first time on this podcast. Uh, at Flavor Fest this year, we are going to, for the first time ever, we're going to do a DJ competition. Ooh. Yeah. Like yeah, a, we've done fire. an expo before, but we want to do a competition and radicals got to be in that joint. Yeah, yeah. We did one of those years ago back when uh, me and Trey nine did at, at South by Southwest when that's back when the South days, Oh yeah, the south.com. That's throwback yeah. right there. Shout out to Train 9, H Sound. So, Scott, what what have you been what have you been learning overall through this? What's one thing that maybe has stood out to you as a as a leader and leading through a crisis? Mm. I think um one thing I've I've learned is that my voice is needed. You know what I mean as a leader and a pastor? Um, it, my, the flesh, my flesh wants to kind of sit back and take this as like a time off, you know what I mean? Like with my family and hang at home. But at the same time, I've learned that, no, the people still need to hear our voice, especially mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that are in fear. A lot of people that are afraid. A lot of people have anxiety. A lot of people have lost their jobs. Yep. So I, I feel like that God has given us a window of opportunity to speak truth and to encourage people. And to really be the church, you know, yeah. so I, I feel like instead of just waiting for Sunday, like you're saying, or waiting for Wednesday, like just jumping on live or jumping on these podcasts and mm -hmm. just calling people, FaceTiming people and really getting back to that real personable, you know what I mean? One on one touch with people. I've been texting almost everybody in the church, calling people. And me and Tammy have kind of split it up and some of the other leaders and uh, some of the people are like, wow, I can't even believe you called. And I'm like, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, wow, that, that shouldn't, I mean, as much as it shocks people, it shouldn't shock people Yeah. that, that you have a relationship with your pastor and you have a mm -hmm. relationship. So I think it's kind of forced us to do that and me to do that. But, but what I've learned is like how to really just kind of step up and speak and trust that the, you know, that I'm hearing from the Lord and sharing things of what God wants people to hear at this time and moment. So it's been good. And and even as a whole, not even just with this COVID thing, but with, with the whole church plant is I've had to grow in a lot of areas, man. You know, I've been doing city takers now for 15 years full time. And planning this church has just caused me to grow in tons of different areas that I didn't even know I needed to grow. Like mm -hmm. I thought I was good. You know, I thought, hey, it's man, like, we're doing this. but but planning the church, man, ooh, from nothing in a sense to, to something it's. It, it's uh, now I see why they uh, a lot of the church planning people are like oh you got to be crazy or you're crazy you know you're crazy to do it I know they're jokingly saying that but mm -hmm. at the same time there's a little bit of truth there's a level of uh, yeah you kind of like jumping out of a plane with no parachute type thing but with yeah. Jesus parachute so it's caused me to grow in areas of of leadership in areas of uh, just even as a husband yeah. you know making sure that my family's straight because as things get crazy around us. It's easily how they can get so crazy in the home. But, uh, yeah, and I'm still learning. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the older I get, the more I realize I don't know. I know, man. <laughs> so so my wife, man, she's she's like, she's the words of wisdom many times. Yeah. And, you know, I think I'm a lot like you where, you know, we're the lead guy, we're the driver, we're visionary, we're moving, we're always thinking about what's next. And it's been a, it's been a little personally just to be vulnerable it's been a little frustrating because I don't know what's next and I can't really plan for like next week or two weeks from now that much because we just don't know yeah. where we're going to be our next month and normally when we make decisions at least why I feel when I make decisions I'm, I'm like 
I'm certain about it. I feel good about it. And then we execute it and God's with us and it's great. But, you know, things have been changing so quickly. It's been hard to know like what's next. And yet, you know, even though we're not coming in the office as much and we're not having to come here on Sundays, I feel like we're working even harder because there's so much more stuff to do. And like you guys, we're checking on people all of our staff, we get lists every week of people we have to call. We're calling about five people a day, and there's there's at least uh, about a dozen people doing that. So we're touching a lot of people, you know, and just reaching out and checking on them. But, you know, it's a lot more that we're doing. And my wife, you know, challenged me yesterday, and she's like, you know, you, you need to, God stopped everything, so we, we better not miss it personally and as a family and as a church. Yeah. Like, what does he want to say to us because he's put pause on so many things and we got to slow down in some ways. And so, you know, that really stuck out to me. So I've been pondering and praying about that. Uh, and I am starting to slow down now because I've kind of gotten into a rhythm. The first couple of weeks, it was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to get this ready. We got to, you know, we got to film three weeks in advance because we don't know if they're not going to let us go to the church <laughs> and we're going to be shut down. And so we were just like in this, like, we put the pedal to like 150 you know, the, the first couple of weeks and now we're kind of getting in a rhythm and now I'm, I guess I'm in a, in a point where I'm really like, okay, God, like, yeah, say, this is not going to be a few weeks. It's going to be for a while. So yeah. what does the new normal look like? And praying about what is it going to look like when we reemerge out of this? Because it's going to be different in some ways. It, it, it definitely is. But, um, but all right, well, let, let's get past COVID-19 a little bit because I know some people that are listening to this, we're just tired of talking about it, thinking about it. Let's talk about some good news for a couple of minutes for the rest of the podcast. And so tell some people, man, a little bit about your story of how you got into ministry. A lot of people may not know the Scott Free story, and I know you have the City Takers documentary that, you know, unpacks a lot of that. But share just, you know, briefly a little bit of your, of your story and how you got called into ministry. Yeah. I would love to. So basically grew up in South Florida, Floridian, me and my wife from Florida. I grew up in Miami, uh, kind of involved in hip hop culture. Um, used to really heavily DJ. And with that, really for me came the lifestyle of, of what that life, you know, you, you entangle in. So when I was early on, when I was really young, about 12, 13, I used to skate and listen to hip hop and, and outreach ministries to pick me up or bus ministries to pick me up from this tiny little Assemblies of God church. Uh, every Friday night and they would play rap music. And I remember church being kind of like, like that. And this is like late, early, mid to late eighties, hmm. 86, 87. So whoever was, or I know the pastor who was doing that now, but he was way ahead of his time wow. in the eighties. And uh, I remember praying prayers back then, Lord coming to my life, you know what I mean? And, and quoting John three sixteen. that I think they taught us, but I never really had a relationship with the Lord. Um, fast forward, got involved in hip hop and just everything that that comes with, with really just, you know, entangling in the sins of the world. And it wasn't till I had a son that was born in 1998, who he just had his birthday yesterday, day before yesterday, who's 22 years old right now. Ooh. And uh, when I saw him born, I was like, man, I got to do something different with my life. You know, I'm either going to be dead or in jail the rest of my life. And so when he was about one years old, one year old, um, we ended up moving to Atlanta, Georgia. I was really running. I was like, I just got to get away from everything, get out of Miami. And I came to Atlanta. And long story short, about six months into coming to Atlanta, I just had this radical encounter with Jesus. And I was in a U-Haul truck. And this guy who was in the truck with me was sharing his testimony, kind of like what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. And talking about how the Lord changed his life and, you know, he had went to prison and, you know, he started going to church in prison and how Jesus just encountered him and, and everything changed for him. And long story short, as I'm sitting in this U-Haul truck at this red light, I had this vision of every time that God had literally saved my life. And I just seen kind of like this movie reel flash through my mind. And at the end of the movie reel, I'm 12 years old with a skateboard, jumping in this bus, going to this church. And for the first time in my life, I heard God speak to me. And he said, Scott, I've been chasing you this whole time. Wow. I've been pursuing you. And so I woke up to a, hon- a honking of a horn behind me. And this guy's still sharing his testimony. And, I'm, and I got scared because I realized I'd been crying. Mm. 
during this kind of vision. And uh, after that, I just started going to church with this brother and I just started serving and that ended up being my home church. I just started serving at the church and I served there for about 10 years, literally just doing different outreach ministry with them and just helping any way I could help. But I was, when I, when I, when I had met the Lord, everything changed for me. Like I, I had left hip hop. I couldn't listen to the music no more. I couldn't watch the same movies no more. I couldn't even dress hip hop no more. Because to me, it represented a lifestyle that I had just come out of. It represented the old Scott. And so it was about two or three years into that, that the Lord, I call it my purging season. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily him purging sin out of me. It was him changing the way that I was thinking. Because the old Scott thought differently than the new Scott. And so then I, I realized there was this thing called holy hip hop in Atlanta, Georgia. Christian hip hop. Christian hip hop. C-H-H. Yeah. There was an event that happened every, every oh, year. Oh, yeah. The Holy Hip Hop event. That's where we met. That's how we met. Yeah. So I went to this event and a friend of mine went with me. He's like, man, you used to rap, you used to do stuff. Why don't you do it for the Lord now? And I was like, nah, like to me, it didn't. Because I hadn't seen the the, the event yet. To me, it didn't translate. And so I started to get go around just different events, met you, uh, met, you know, dudes back in the day for Holy Hip Hop and. And uh, I had realized, like, wow, like, there's actually brothers out here, like, really repping the Lord. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Really doing some pretty dope hip hop music. And uh, so I started to get, I, I think one of the first dope, really dope guys I heard was Corey Red. Some of the old Corey Red oh, stuff. Yeah. I was like, okay, Red was, like, he was raw. Like, this is dope. Like, yeah, this is, this is raw. This is good. The first Christian hip hop song I ever heard, though, was Ambassador. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to date this girl named World. Yeah. This was real glamorous, right? I'm like, man, I used to date that same girl. <laughs> yep. Anyways, yeah, uh, I got the poster, but right, right back behind the screen, back there. Yeah. Fast forward, um, I got involved in in, in hip hop. You know, not this time for the Lord. That was like '04. I even did a little bit of rap stuff, and and quickly while I was involved in all that stuff, I had realized like, hey, my gift is more of to proclaim the gospel to preach the gospel mm-hmm. as an evangelist and as a pa- you know as a pastor and so I, I really kind of fell back from kind of the industry stuff and i really started to focus on my gifting and not not so much on my talent but my spiritual gift and we started to do, do different outreaches using hip-hop music we would do block parties you know in the projects before the projects were knocked down in atlanta we would go into the homeless shelters and use hip-hop go into the jails and use hip hop and oh four oh five oh six oh seven all those years we were just doing a lot of outreach ministry and um people were always like hey man where's your church we want to come to your church yep and i was always like well you can come to my church i don't have a church but i, I go, go to, to a church. church yep yeah and then i was always like no, i want to go to your church you ain't got a church yeah. Come on, Pastor I would invite a few people to my home church, but they would come in right. expecting it to be urban and hip hop. It's not. And it's nothing like it. It's a great church. Yeah. But it's more of the traditional, you know, Sunday morning traditional service. And then I realized that all my guys on my team were, it was the same issue because they were like, yeah, you don't really want to go to my church. Like, you know. And I'm like, wow, man, this is an issue. This is a problem that people aren't excited about inviting people to their home church. Yeah. And so that's when really we started to think through and, and the vision of city takers as a whole came out of that problem. And then so we wanted to have this venue uh, of sorts and we wanted to have be able to train, equip and send people, urban missionaries, uh, launch outreach and evangelism from this place called city takers. So in that season, um, I think you even came up to Atlanta one time. We were looking at buildings. Yep. Like 2009. We walked through it. You had blueprints and everything. Yeah. I had the excited blueprints for you. Building. Like you were in my first and, coaching network, learning yeah. all that. Like, okay, this is what Crossover did. That, yeah, that's exactly the same time. We're in the urban yeah. coaching network. Yeah. Uh, we found this building. We were going to launch this ministry called City Takers. And long story short, um, you, you were like, go for it. And I just felt the Lord, you know, saying, go for it. But um, as I was praying and seeking the Lord, actually, this is what happened. I went back to my home church. I came up with this whole plan, whole business plan, mm-hmm. went back to my home church with it. And the pastor of my home church told me to go see the COO of the church, the operations guy. So I went and saw him, put, pushed the, 
you know, showed him the plan. And he told me that they were spending a half million dollars remodeling this gymnasium in the back. And he told me something that's really stuck with me. He's like, Scott, a lot of times the mistakes that ministers make, the mistakes that pastors make, business people make, entrepreneurs make, they, they think that they're going to get a vision from God yeah. and they're going to go right into the fullness of the vision. They think they're going to go from step A to step Z in one step. Mm -hmm. And he says, in the kingdom of God, there are no elevators. There's only staircases. Ooh. You got to take one step at that's a time. That's good. Tweet that. Yeah. And so I, I, I was like, man, I thought he was hating on the vision. Yeah. And he's like, instead of like trying to do all this right now, why don't you just start it here and build into one step at a time the vision mm -hmm. that God has given you? So long story short, I really felt like, yeah, I felt like that was from God. So we started the the last Friday events, the City Takers Experience yeah. in that venue. And tell everybody about City Takers a little bit, what that was like the last Friday. And you guys are still doing it today. Yeah. So we've been doing it over 10 years now. We do a thing called City Takers Experience um, where we basically, it's an outreach church service, basically. We have a DJ, we have break dancers, we have artists that come and rap. And then right in the middle, we have a little worship set and we share the word. And we've had thousands and thousands of people encounter and meet Jesus for the yeah. first time. Um, people delivered and set free from addictions, all kinds of stuff. We baptize people there. So basically, we've been doing church now for <laughs> over yeah. 10 years. It just wasn't formalized and consistent every week. So, yeah, we've been doing that 10 plus years, bro. No. Wow. Plus, City Takers does a lot of outreach stuff beyond just that event. Yeah. Every month, you guys are in homeless shelters, doing outreach concerts. You're in schools. You guys are hands and feet. Yeah, of so a we're still of, doing all. We're, yeah, we're yeah. doing all that stuff. Schools, prisons, homeless shelters every single month. So we have something going on every week, and that we invite people to the city takers experience. So the the whole goal was the starting the experience was here's a place that we can invite people to while we're doing outreach. Yeah, that isn't your typical Sunday morning traditional church. So. Yeah, so now eventually, as I kept bugging you and tapping you on the shoulder, like, when are you going to play in the church? When are you going to play in the church? Uh, so now that Crossover Church ATL has, has planted and you're still doing city takers and the outreach stuff and you can push people. And you guys have yeah. this amazing uh, partnership with the City of Refuge. So um, share a little bit about that miracle story. <laughs> Yeah, man. So we uh, were meeting. The, I mean, the first meeting we had was in my living room. And when so at the City Takers Experience, J January of 2000 and was it 18? 18. Because that's when you 18. came down to Crossover. We publicly announced it here it was 18, a little right? bit after that. Yeah. Okay. So 2018, we, we, we said, because 2017, we went through this, this uh, church planning Assessment. training yeah. and it kind of went through 18, but in the beginning of 2018, we said, Hey, the Lord has asked us to plant a church. And so I think we had our first uh, launch team gathering a few months after that. And we had about 50 people in my living room. Yeah. Um, the first time and we're getting in the word, we're worshiping together. I mean, it was like, you know, it was, it was amazing. And we, we, we grew to about 70 people. We said, okay, my wife's like, we can't meet in the house no more. Too many people here. And yeah, there were people on the staircase. There's people, we got videos of it. It's really cool. Yeah. And so we moved it to another location uh, called Safe House. And we grew at Safe House, but it just wasn't the right place to do what we were, what we were doing. So then we asked my home church, which is Mount Parent Church, if we could meet there. And they said, yes, you can be here. Just make sure it's after our services. Yeah. So you guys weren't able to meet till like 2.30 in the afternoon, which is yeah. not an ideal time to try to have church. That we can um, we can meet. Yeah. So the cool thing about it is we actually started doing services there uh, where it was like we had worship. You know, we had sound. We had the yeah. whole. Great equipment. The whole, there. Yeah. So it was it was cool because we were able to kind of like slowly kind of start without officially starting mm -hmm. at Mount Perrin. Um, so it even grew at two o'clock. It grew and we had about a hundred people on our launch team. And then we were like, okay, we got to actually officially launch this thing. And so we were looking for a place. We're looking at buildings. 
Um, real estate in Atlanta was is super hot right now. Atlanta's yeah. kind of like one of the number one cities. A lot of people are moving here. Movies are moving here. There's all types of stuff happening in Atlanta. And so we're looking at different venues and everything was way out of our price range. Mm-hmm. I mean, like stuff that we couldn't even touch. And so we're looking at older churches and everything was like $2 million plus. And we're like, man, we can't. <laughs> we're looking for something to rent for cheap. Yeah. We're an urban church plant. And so we found this one building, though. It was an older church. It used to be a club called the Bankhead Bounce. We're actually still believing God that for this building. So pray with us. But, um, man, we, 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 we were on the parking lot praying. It's like one of those things where you're like praying over the building. I met with the guy. He had took it off the market, but he tried to sell it, couldn't sell it, took it off the market. Anyways, the building needed tunnel work. And so long story short, we thought we were going to get that building. And last minute, the Lord closed the door. Yeah. I mean, the guy just got weird on us and just like, no, I don't want to sell it. No, I'm done talking. And it just was very, I mean, one day it was good. The next day it was like, I'm done. And so I was upset. I was like, Lord, like, come on, man. Like, yeah. you know, I had brought the whole team here. The I remember team was calling you like, what's up? Are we ready? Are we moving there? I thought we were for sure moving in. Yeah. And the Lord shut the door and kind of in the in 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 a lower place. Everybody, the whole team was kind of like, oh, you know, they, yeah. they understood it, but it's kind of kind of hurt. Um, the Lord had uh opened the door with another ministry that I actually helped launch called One Race. It was a racial reconciliation racial reconciliation ministry in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Guy called me from there. He's like, Hey, I know you're looking for a building. Have you reached out to uh, I have a buddy who works at City of Refuge. Um, have you reached out to them yet? I'm like, no, but I know them. You know, I've done different ministry with them, but I haven't talked to them. He's like, let me connect you guys. I was like, all right. And so he connected me with another ministry that actually was housed at this place called City Refuge. And City Refuge is a place that it's a ne- network of different ministries that are kind of all under one roof, 200,000 square foot warehouse space. Wow. I mean, they have a lot going on and it's really amazing work what they're doing in one of the roughest zip codes in Atlanta. And so he called me, reached out to me. He's like, Hey man, like I heard you looking for a building. I was like, yeah. Um, and he's like, have you ever thought about doing it over here down at city refuge? I'm like, well, no, because we're, we're in a space where we're not looking for co, you know, co-use space. We wanted kind of our own space. And he's like, man, I really feel like you should just come down here and talk to Bruce, who's the, the guy who runs the city of refuge. And I was like, well, I don't mind talking to him, you know. Mm-hmm. Long story short, we had a meeting, first meeting. I was like, if I'm going to come in here, I'm going to give him big vision. I'm not going to just say we need a, a space, you know, at 12 o'clock on a Sunday. So I gave him big vision. I gave him the vision of city takers. I told him see, we were launching a church called Crossover ATL. I told him all the outreach stuff we've done. And long story short, he kind of already knew us based on our relationship. And he's like, yeah, I love what you guys do. You know, why don't y'all do it here? And I'm like, I told him my fear of doing stuff, you know, there. Yeah. And basically, long story short, we walked the whole facility. He's like, look, we have this co-work office space. You guys can take this office space. He's like, soon we'll have some more space open up. We got some people going to be moving out. And when some people move out, we can move city takers in. You know what I mean? Here we have a we have a venue right here. You, if you're going to launch a church, you could use this venue. We have this other venue. You have to build out a little bit of stuff, but you could use this venue. I mean, it was just like you couldn't ask for a better place. Yeah, and on bro. top of that, they do a lot of trainings there. They do a lot of like on-the-job training. So there's people there 24-7. Um, they have a shelter there that houses women and children. They have a sex trafficking organization that houses women that have been uh, abused in the sex trade. Um, they have uh, tons, tons of stuff. Napa has an on-the-job training. Chick-fil-A is there. And so there's thousands of people there every single day of people who we minister to. Yeah, so, um, it, so it was just an amazing fit. And me and the staff from Crossover Tampa got to come up and tour the facility with you guys last summer. And then, of course, yeah. many of us were at the launch. And, man, that, that is such a God thing. And Yeah, so at the end of the day, you know, he, he was like, hey, you know, we would love for you to do it here. Your ministry fits perfectly yeah. here, especially with our people. And you've got a bunch of people that live there that are now coming to the church. 
100 you know? so a lot of people who have been plugged into that ministry you know in the context of either they're going there for training or they're go- they live there because they're in the shelter actually now come to our church so our church immediately the first time we did something there grew almost double yeah you know, so so, so without even promoting anything and so, so i think we had 400 people plus women and children at our launch date yep and it was huge. What a huge day. What a huge relief, not just for me, but for our whole church that we've been meeting together for a whole year looking for a place. And then we're we're at about 200 something people now every single week and and growing, growing fast until this happened. But I believe that we're going to when, when we come back, we're going to grow. But we praise God, we're all growing right now digitally. We're you all know, growing. We're man. reaching a lot more people digitally, you know, and our church is our views have went up by thousands. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. So we know we're reaching a lot of new people in our community. Mm-hmm. And there's people too. So yeah, the whole the whole thing was really just a miracle and how God yeah. shut the door on the one thing. Even though we yeah. were disappointed, we realized why. Yeah, we celebrated down here in Tampa. We're like, thank yeah. God we didn't try amazing, to push man. too we, hard. Because we, we, we have got, actually now, yeah. even better than before, we actually have our own offices we have our own space. We have our own creative space. Some of the stuff that you, you were seeing filmed yeah. crossover ATL is in our office. We have about 6,000 square foot office. And then where we have church is a co-use space, but literally we get to use it really, really whenever we want to. So it's, we've got, we've been tremendously blessed by the Lord in, in the context of space. Yeah. It's a dope space too. Your offices are sharp. So last question, Scott, Yeah, Pastor Scott, and, and if you could give this, like two bite-sized answers. What, what has been as a church planner, urban church planner in the city, you have a multi-ethnic, multi-generational, multi-class. I mean, you got people, homeless people walking in from the neighborhood and then you got people driving from the suburbs and everything yeah. in between, which is very much like what Crossover Tampa looks like. But what has been the, the maybe the easiest thing uh, that, that you found? And then what's maybe been one of the most difficult things? It's yeah. like two short answers. That's a tough question. That's a tough tough one. I think the easiest thing is I think people are so tired. People see the problems with church as a whole, and they see the segregation, not just racially, but Mm class-wise as well. And when they see something like what we're doing, they're drawn to it. They're just like, man, this is it. It's real. So that part to me has been easy. People have asked us what we do, and it's just been what we're. This who we are. It's not necessarily what we're doing. There are some things that we do, but at the same time, it's just who we are. Our team looks that way. You know what I mean? Like our family looks that way. Mm-hmm. So we attract people like us. So to me, that that part has been easy because we've had other people from the outside. How are you doing that? Yep. And How are you so diverse? Like, How are you reaching so many young people? Like, yeah, yeah. It's who? I don't know. I wish I could tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it's who we are. And I think the hard part the hardest part about this whole journey and planning the church has probably been, mm, you know, I want to say finances, but at the same time, God has provided. Mm-hmm. But I think the challenge of raising enough capital and finance to do what we're called to do from the outside of the context of the people group yeah. we're reaching. I think that's always a challenge, I think, for urban church planners mm-hmm. is because unfortunately we you know we have to go outside yeah got to raise capital to come here to be able to plan and i think in the church planning world that's normal and i think um in this in this day and time more people are kind of focused back on the city but i don't think more people are focused on the city in the context of poor and marginalized yeah Oh, you know yeah, I, mean? I think right. I think it's the city because it's like that's the cool place to they be. They want to be in the hipster neighborhood, the up and coming, gentrifying area. Yeah, not yeah. really. So I think I think there's there's when people talk about the city, there's two kind of people groups mm-hmm. they're talking about, and I think the people group who we're, we have a heart for and we're going after. And every you know, and, and at the same time, God has shocked me even from the context of what people have given from from inside. Yeah. So you know. I think the hardest thing has been that and, ah, oh man, there's so much I want to say. Balancing. No, that, that's good. That's good. That's, yeah. a, that's a lot. And, and it's just balancing everything. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm, I'm the type of dude that I just want to go. Like, I'll just, you know what I mean? Like, I'm all in. Like, this there's is my life. To do. There is no, I don't clock in and clock out. This is what I do. Yeah. 
And so learning how to, when, once we added the church onto everything that we're doing, learning how to delegate, you know what I mean? And let other people handle things, even if it doesn't come out exactly the way I wanted to, but teach them how to do it and just let them do it. That's good. Man, and that's a great answer for uh, the hardest thing is capital. And I know that listening to this podcast, there's a number of urban churches and urban church planters and people that are going to plant in the future, or maybe they've recently planted. And uh, we've got to be very intentional to build relationships outside of our context. And so yep. we got to get out of our comfort zone sometimes. And we got to you know, network and meet people and try to, you know, make connections and, and do research, you know, because there is people out there that are looking to support stuff like what we're doing in the city in in the more urban marginalized context. But many times they just don't have the connections or the relationships in the circles or denominations or networks that they're in. So we've got to be intentional to try to build those bridges and make those relationships happen. And, And, you know, you've been good at that. Um, and we've learned how to do that to some degree as well, but we always need to keep getting better. That'll probably be a topic for the future that we're going to do on one of these podcasts. Yeah, definitely. Cause there's a few of us that are, that are learning to do that. Well, maybe we'll get a panel for that one. But, uh, lastly, Scott, um, how can people connect with you guys online? What's, what's a good way for people to be able to follow what city takers and crossover church ATL. So all the social media, obviously it's city takers. It's just at city takers. Um, and then at Crossover Church ATL. All right, we pretty much have that across the board. We have websites as well, citytakers.com, crossoverchurchatl.com. You can watch all the services live. Uh, right now we're at 12.30, but we're talking about um, moving that time maybe pretty soon. Stay tuned. We'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Awesome. So, yeah. So, so yeah, social media. And then mine's I am Scott Free. Everything is I am Scott Free on social media. He is scot-free, baby. Well, listen, uh, thank you, man, for being on the podcast. Super proud of you guys and what you're doing up in the A. Uh, Why don't you just close us out in a word of prayer real quick. Pray for all the leaders, uh, church planners, artists, entrepreneurs, influencers that are are watching and listening right now. Yeah, but before we do that, I just want to thank you for your leadership, bro. I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now if you weren't pushing me in egging me on to do it so thank you bro it's no doubt yes because people like you that i'm doing what i do let's pray father we just thank you god for every person that's watching this podcast right now lord i pray for those that may be praying about planning a church maybe praying about starting a mission or a ministry like city takers father or like a crossover atl father i pray that you just supernaturally just speak to them lord that is clear that they know that this is the time that you want them to move, you want them to go, you want them to start. And Father, I pray that you put people in their life, whether it's uh, Tommy or myself, whoever, God, this this podcast, Father, to help them, to train them, equip them, and send them, Father, out as a missionary, Father, to the urban hip-hop culture. I pray for those that are doing business and entrepreneurs and, and artists, God, in this season, Father, where it looks hard, where things might be going down in another way, God, I pray that you give them creative ideas and creative dreams, Father, to be able to do things that you want them to do, Father. We thank you, God, that you're the creator of heavens and earth, Father, that you hung the stars in the sky, God. Now we can lean not on our own understanding, but we can lean onto you in all of our ways, acknowledge you, and you will direct our path. So we love you, Lord, and we thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy. I thank you for my brother, Tommy, Thank you for Crossover Church as a whole, God. I pray for every person that is part of this body, God. We consider them all family. And where they hurt, we hurt. And where they rejoice, we rejoice, Father. So we thank you, God, for doing a new thing. We thank you, God, for making our crooked paths straight, as it says in your word. Bless every person that's hearing my voice right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Man, I love that dude. I can't wait to see what God continues to do through him, his wife Tammy, the whole crossover ATL team, city takers up there. If you ever go to the A, man, look them up. Go to a service. Go to an event. They're doing phenomenal stuff. So so listen, thank you guys for checking out the podcast today. And if you liked what you heard, uh, do me a favor. Subscribe. um, Leave a review. 
share it with somebody else. Help us get the word out so we can empower more leaders in music, in ministry, and the marketplace. And speaking of music, y'all, next week we have God Over Money hip-hop artist, my man Dayton. Um, He'll be in the studio with me. It's not a Zoom call. He's going to be right next to me. Um, We were doing the social distancing thing, so it's okay. We're across the table from one another. Uh, But he's going to be right there with me, and he just released a brand new album. And so we're going to talk about that. But honestly, most of the conversation will be about how to recover from loss. And so Dayton went through a crazy season of loss. Check out this clip. Then my truck, the day before, the same day I find out that my my ex-wife is is having an affair, my head gasket on my truck goes. It's fuzz all in the cap. What the heck is going on? It's the perfect storm, bro. The perfect storm. So I have no vehicle, right? Had to get it towed. Stuck at Ocala. Yeah, no no vehicle. My job had to let me go because I'm too far. Mm. And I'm just on this mattress and I broke down. And cried like a baby. Um, late, well, from that, I got, I'm gonna add this. While I'm there and I'm just crying, the Lord just tells me clear as day. I just the, the the nudge in your spirit, like yo, write about this. And that's where I wrote right then and there the first verse of Job season. Reporting live from my mother's house. Matter of fact, it's just an apartment, small bedroom where my mattress sits on the carpet. TV on the milk crate, unsturdy and wobbly. Garbage bags full of clothes. At least I got a door for privacy. Wow. This brother has a miracle restoration story. I'm super excited for you guys to hear it next week. So you want to tune in. And by the way, Dayton will also be performing at Flavor Fest 2020 in October. That's right. It's still going down, y'all. October 22nd through the 25th, right here in Tampa, Florida, Crossover Church. Uh, the Flavor Fest Urban Leadership Conference. You can check out the details at flavorfest.org. And uh, both actually Dayton and KJ5 too, they recently did a Flavor Fest quarantine concert. We brought that to you and streamed it to you uh, live. And you can also check that out on the Flavor Fest YouTube channel. And so I pray you guys have an incredible week and I will see you next Tuesday. I'm out. Thanks for tuning into the Flavor Fest Urban Leadership Podcast. Stay connected with us on social media at UrbanD813 and at Flavor Fest. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace and God bless.